Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5-7, through 7, called Pleasing to God. Now, if you believe Genesis 1-1, that God spoke the universe into existence, if you believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you should have no problem believing in a rapture. Do you believe that God is going to raise your mortal body one day, should you die before the Lord comes? Do you believe that you're going to be resurrected? I hope you do. I hope you believe in the resurrection, because Paul says, if there is no resurrection, we should be the most pitied people on the planet. Amen? Now, I know some of these things seem supernatural. That's because they are. Because we are dealing with a supernatural God who gave us a foretaste of the rapture in the life of Enoch. Enoch was walking with the Lord. What does it mean to walk with the Lord? It speaks of a consistent stride. It speaks of leaning in. It speaks of guidance. It speaks how can two walk together unless they be agreed. Galatians 5, 17 and 25. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Keep in step with the Spirit. Lean into Him. Walk with Him. Let the shepherd, the good shepherd, guide your steps. Amen? That's what Enoch did. In a generation where pre-flood, remember the world got worse and worse and worse, and Enoch saw probably a good amount of that too, because it didn't happen overnight. We're going to learn in Noah's time the thoughts and intents of every heart was only evil continually. I look at the world today, and it's as bad as I can ever remember it, but it's not as bad as it was for these guys, because Noah stood pretty much alone. Only eight people got on the ark, brethren. You think it's bad? It ain't so bad when you think about only eight and the rest were deluged in a worldwide flood. Amen? So, be of good cheer. There's a remnant. (laughs) And I think the writer of Hebrews is trying to say that to his own people as well. So, there was a turning point. Enoch was taken up. He was pleasing to God. He walked with God. Are you walking with God? You say, well, what does that mean, Pastor Michael? How... Do I walk with God? Well, something determines your direction in your life, doesn't it? When you wake up in the morning, I'm sure you have some goals. I hope you do. What is it that you do every day? What, what, What are the dots that you follow? Well, for many of you, you've decided that first thing when you wake up, you're going to do a devotion. Why do you do a devotion? Because you want to walk with God. Why do you pray first thing in the morning? Because you want to walk with God. Amen? Well, Enoch... He had a turning point. It was the birth of a son. It was probably a prophecy as well. The world was going to be judged. And so Enoch walked with God. Perhaps he had a wake-up call. And many of us could say we had a wake-up call. Maybe it was the birth of a child. Maybe it was the death of a loved one. Maybe it was the realization that this world is going to be judged. God has fixed a day when he will judge the world. Acts 17. And he's given evidence of this by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. And so the, one of the main verses that we all know, in light of Enoch's testimony, without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And you say, well, okay, I, I get that. And I want to have more faith. And many of us pray, Lord, increase my faith. 
you know, help, help me to be more consistent in my faith. But you need to know that there's, there's, a, there's a benefit here. And we don't do it for the benefit, but you need to know about the benefit. God is a rewarder of those who seek him. And I think seeking him is really walking with him. So here's, here's the promise. If you seek God, he'll reward you. You know, the, the reward for Abel was an ongoing testimony. And of course, Abel's now in the glory of God. The reward for Enoch was he was taken in the presence of God. Let me just say this to you too. There's a long nap that people take upon their, the end of their mortal existence. Why would it be better for Enoch to be taken to God if he was just going to sleep for thousands of years? You get my point? Enoch was taken up to God. To be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. So put aside all that nonsense that, you know, there's a sleep and all that. No. When you die, you go to be with the Lord if you're in Christ. You see, he's a rewarder. And Noah got rewarded by getting to build a big boat and getting able to, being able to live. <laughs> Amen? You know, experts have said that the, the boat that Noah built has uh, the exact dimensions that you would need for it to be one of the best vessels. And people say, well, yeah, well, we're, you know, I don't know if it was moving at the right speeds and all of that. Oh, he wasn't trying to go anywhere. He was just trying to float. <laughs> it was a worldwide flood, brothers and sisters. And by the way, we have evidence of the worldwide flood, for example, in places like the Grand Canyon. You know the best that the naturalists have as they say, a river run, ran uphill for millions of years to create the Grand Canyon. Uh, I don't think so. And the last time I checked, rivers don't run uphill. Amen? You guys out there? Okay, thank you. So we have this blessed assurance that we please God when we exercise faith, and God knows that sometimes we're weak in faith. And God rewards Let's look at the final person for tonight. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen. You can cross-reference Hebrews 11.1, 1, where we have a good definition of faith, the substance of things not yet seen or realized. Noah was warned, and in reverence, that is the idea of he exercised godly fear or he was in awe of God. In reverence or in godly fear, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. You see, he was doing it not just for himself, but for his family, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Now, Noah's reverential faith in God is amazing because many scholars believe that the earth only had a mist at this time and it never really rained and the evidence is that Noah lived about 100 miles inland, and so he wasn't near an ocean, which, you know, you could say, okay, if a tsunami happened or something, maybe there'd be a threat of a flood, and that probably all he ever saw was flash floods that might have moved through a wadi or like a little dry riverbed kind of thing when there was water in it. And so God told him, the flood's coming. Build an ark, the flood's coming. And I know we've all seen the movies that, you know, try to depict what it was like. But Noah began to build an ark, and he did it. It was a project by faith. And when you walk with God, God's going to ask you to build some things by faith. Amen? It's been often asked, what ark has God asked you to build? 
And are you willing to build it even if the whole world mocked you? Because eventually, you know what happened? The ark was built and God shut the door. And everybody out in that world who mocked Noah wished they had a ticket for that particular vessel. And so in reverential awe and reverence to God, though I'm sure Noah didn't understand most of what he was told to do, and he was definitely in the minority of his generation. He had the eyes of faith, yet as seeing things not yet seen, perhaps even rain, certainly a worldwide flood would be unprecedented. Noah heard God's word. One writer said, some respected scholars such as the famous Bishop Westcott thinks God's word were heard, was God's words were also heard by others. If that is true, it has some radical implications to Noah's time. After thinking for a moment, he obeyed God. All Noah needed was God's word to do what God told him to do. God said it. Noah did it. Is that enough for you? If God's, and Noah didn't have a whole Bible like we got, right? We have, we have the whole scripture, 66 books of the Bible. God said it, Noah did it. Would you? Would you obey God with this long project? Evidence is it took him 120 years to build the ark. That's a long building project. And that's a lot of time to be mocked. But he was motivated by reverential fear which was expressed in obedience. He was motivated by reverential fear. I want to say it one more time. That expressed itself in obedience because faith will always express itself. But to this one will I look, Isaiah 66, 2, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and he who trembles at my word. And that was Noah. Noah said, you said it, Lord, I'm going to do it. He didn't have a flippant response. He was moved by godly fear. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead. True faith will act. D.L. Moody put it this way, I would not give much for a man's Christianity if he has saved himself and is not willing to try to save others. It seems to me the basis in gratitude if we do not reach out the hand to others who are down in the same pit from which we were delivered. I was listening to Alistair Begg and he was preaching about Jesus and Jesus crossing all these boundaries and touching a leper and you know, a, a forgiving a paralytic and going over to the Gadarenes and delivering demoniacs and quieting the sea and calling Matthew the tax collector, the hated tax collector. And he said that Jesus built his church from the devil's landfill. And you look at the early church and they were outcasts and people hated Matthew and you don't touch a leper and those demoniacs, nobody bothers with him anymore. And what does Jesus do? He extends the hand of mercy. It is mercy that 120 years went by before God brought the flood, amen? That's the patience of God, which Second Peter tells us that's why it took so long, because God doesn't want anybody to perish, but all to come to repentance. Now, we can sit here all day long and curse the darkness if we want to, or we can build a lighthouse. We can worry so much about people that are going to laugh at us because we're believers, or we can decide that we're going to build something in our lifetime by faith for God. Amen? You only got a small window, brethren. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. Welcome to Walk in Truth. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. And access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. That's how I showed my anger. Not in words, but in you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And he said that Jesus built his church from the devil's landfill. And you look at the early church, and they were outcasts and people hated Matthew and you don't touch a leper and those demoniacs, nobody bothers with him anymore. And what does Jesus do? He extends the hand of mercy. It is mercy that 120 years went by before God brought the flood, amen? That's the patience of God, which Second Peter tells us that's why it took so long because God doesn't want anybody to perish but all to come to repentance. Now we can sit here all day long and curse the darkness if we want to. Or we can build a lighthouse. We can worry so much about people that are going to laugh at us because we're believers. Or we can decide that we're going to build something in our lifetime by faith for God. Amen? You only got a small window, brethren. And lifespans, of course, are not as long as they were back in the day. The ark is a picture of the challenges to our faith that we face in life. John MacArthur writes these words. My father used to tell the story of a man who walked up and down the sidewalks wearing a sandwich board with I am a fool for Christ painted on the front. On the back was painted, whose fool are you? Close quote. We can look at our world and we can say, well, yeah, there's all these people who say this and that. Isn't it interesting that the Christian faith gets so much persecution? Do you ever wonder why? Do you ever wonder why both barrels are always pointed at the Bible and Jesus Christ? Does it tell you anything about the veracity of your faith? Does it tell you anything that the world's response to the preaching of the gospel is what it is? It should be another layer of conviction of the truth of the gospel. And so Noah was a preacher of righteousness and he preached and he hammered and he preached and he hammered and he preached and he hammered and he he was a preacher of righteousness And do you know how many people got on the ark? Eight. Eight people got on the ark. Can you imagine that? We know that the worldwide population had to be pretty significant at that time. And only eight people turned to the Lord. And the ark becomes a picture of a traveling uh, boat of salvation. See, God, he instructed Noah to build the ark to save him. Every tap of Noah's hammer was part of his preaching of righteousness to that generation, says Ironside. 
In every generation, says Brown, Christian obedience is a powerful evangelistic tool. You know, people mock, but they go home at night and they think about who you are and what you've said, what you've stood for at work or in that conversation where everybody's, you know, mocking the Christian God or the Christian faith and then they go home at night. And you know what might revolve in some of their heads? Who you are and what you stand for. And that they know inside their conscience and through revelation that there's a God. And so Noah hammered away and he built an ark in holy fear and it saved his family. What do you think it felt like when the door was shut and the flood came and Noah looked at what he had created and analyzed his faith in God? Do you think he was grateful? (laughs) I'd say so. Do you think he was grateful that he obeyed God instead of man? Noah's name, by the way, means rest, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And Noah is certainly a picture of a man standing almost solitary against his generation. The ancient Sibylline oracles imagine this passionate address from his lips as he preached. Faithless men maddened by passion, don't forget the great things that God has done. For the immortal, all-provident Savior knows all things, and he has commanded me to be a messenger to you, lest you be destroyed by your madness. Sober yourselves. Cease from your evil practices and from murderous violence. You know, the main thing going on in the earth uh, during that time, the main expression of the rebellion was violence. There was violence in the earth everywhere. You ever watched a news report? In the last couple of days, you've seen some of the violent beatings that people are giving did you see the Marines that got uh, beat up by all those teenagers in, uh, what was it, in San Clemente? What was that about? Pe- people just singling somebody out. Uh, there was a, a, a rash of these things where uh, people were walking by elderly people and slugging them in the face and sometimes seriously injuring or even perhaps killing the, those people. And for what? And you say, what has happened to the heart of this world? that we can get to this point. Genesis 6, 5 says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. You know, this language of Genesis 6, 5 means that man could listen to a lot of things and twist it in a uh, immoral way. He could hear something and he was so perverted. Every thought became a perversion. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man in the earth, and he was grieved. It pained God's heart that man had turned so far away. And so the flood came, and Noah took his stand, and he preached, and God's patience kept waiting, and you could call this the sermon of the ark. Turn over to Second Peter chapter 3, and we're winding down here. Second Peter 3, it's to your right, towards the latter half, or the last part of the New Testament. 2 Peter 3. <clears throat> Actually, go back to chapter 2. Let me just share a couple key verses. 2 Peter 2, 4 and 5 puts it this way. If God did not spare angels when they sinned, 2 Peter 2, 4, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who live ungodly lives thereafter, 
if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men. Skip down to verse 9. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. Turn to the next chapter, 2 Peter 3. Look at verse 3. Know this first of all, 2 Peter 3, 3, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking following after their lusts. What will they say? They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep and, and all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. When they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. Look, if the, I don't care what the secular scientists tell you. The Bible tells us there was a worldwide flood. It was flooded with water. But the present heavens and earth, by his word, are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but what? But for all to come to repentance. Jesus did say that in the last days, it would be like the days of Noah. And I don't know everything that that means. We have some language about marrying and giving in marriage and all, all of that stuff, but it does seem like the world will be about business as usual prior to this final judgment, if you will. And I don't know all that that means in terms of what the world will look like, but I will say this. Even, even when we look at the world, and this came up in our prayer meeting, and Lori, you said it, had the Lord come back in the last 10 years, you would not be in the kingdom of God. And so sometimes we look at the world and we're like, oh, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, just come. Bring the judgment, oh Lord, because I know I'm good. I know I'm, I'm going up, <laughs> right? That, that's, that's good that you're confident, but it's a little selfish, right? Because what's our heart? Our heart should be God's heart, and God's heart is that not any perish, but what? All come to repentance. So look, as long as we're here, we have a couple things we can do. One, let's live a life pleasing to God. Two, let's try to preach the message, not just by what we say, but the arcs that God has us building by faith. Amen? And let's do our best to be grateful for every day that the Lord gives us and to walk by faith and not by sight. You've been listening to Pleasing to God, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, verses 5 through 7. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station. If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. You know, the bottom line, my brother, my sister, my friend, is I want to live a life pleasing to God. Um, that's really, when I wake up every day, that's it, man. I want to please Him. And yeah, I, I love, I love life. I love the life that God's given me, but 
look, my trajectory is to please him in every respect. And it actually makes me emotional because, you know, that wasn't really my life prior to becoming a believer. It was about pleasing myself. And now my greatest desire is to please him. And in doing so, to reach as many as possible. So my prayer for you is that your goal every day you wake up is to please him. And if you just make it about that, man, you'll be seeking first the kingdom and he'll take care of the rest. He's so faithful. Hey, tomorrow we're going to start a message in Hebrews 11 called Having a Tested Faith. And we're going to go back and look at the incredible story of Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah. And we're going to talk about how God does test us so that we can be more pleasing to him, more blessed, have a stronger faith, a tested faith indeed. That's tomorrow. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing. Invite them to listen in. And we'll see you right here, God willing, tomorrow. Just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast to reach more people like you with the hope of Jesus. And now we offer the Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your donation. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19, about having a tested faith. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.